Gentlemen, start your engines. This is going to be a mighty emotional occasion for a lot of people, not the least of whom is myself. In a race to remember. What a race. And this is absolutely gobsmacking. Yeah, he hasn't even hit the brake yet. G'day, I'm Dan Hollihan. Welcome to my motorsports podcast, On the Couch with Hooli. On this episode of On the Couch with Hooli, I've got Josh Bucken, who is a TCR driver racing for the Hyundai HMO customer racing team. You'll hear how he went from playing around with cars in his backyard to racing in the big leagues in the TCR series. This episode is brought to you by Bowden's Own Premium Car Care. Bowden's Own produce everything that can clean your car inside and out with a wide range of products. Check out their website today at bowdenzone.com.au. Josh, welcome to the podcast. How have you been, man? Where have you been today? Oh, mate, I've actually been all around Sydney. I've been driving since like 8am, just all around, just collecting bits and rubbish for my road car, actually. Yeah. Like I've got a project road car that I have um, that's nearing completion, which is good, thank yeah. God. And I've just been accumulating parts all day for that. So I've driven from Penrith to Kirawee to here, then back to Bexley, <laughs> and I'm over it. Well, I'm, I'm so close to buying a chopper. <laughs> What's the actual road car that you got? Uh, so it's an old Nissan Skyline uh, yep. GTR. Mm-hmm. So like the Godzilla from Bathurst of yep. yesteryear. No inspiration from all that. Like I didn't care that they won Bathurst or anything. That's, yeah. that's part and parcel. And I am a SCAFE fan, but my old man used to sell cars and that's yeah, what right. he sold. So growing up as a kid, he always had Supras, Skylines, 180SXs, Sylvias, 300ZX, all the cool Japanese shit when I was sort of five or six years old in the early 2000s, mm. he would have as his company car. So shit, we're straight into it. Yeah, that, that's, that's, where the, good. No, that's, that's good. That's good. That's, that's good. where that's, the car obsession started from. <laughs> that's, so. that's, exactly, that's exactly what the, yeah, that yeah. the listeners want to hear, though. So, so, so hang on. Your old man was um was it, was it a car dealer. He was, was a he? dodgy car dealer. Dodgy car dealer. Yeah. That's emphasis perfect. That's emphasis perfect. on dodgy. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, he worked at sort of Holden and Ford in yep. that sort of VT, VX era. Yeah, right. Which was sick. So I remember those cars when they were new, showing my age. But yeah, and then he went into the, the import scene, which is before when sort of P-platers weren't allowed to buy turbo cars. Mm. They were wrapping poles, wrapping themselves around poles in Skylines. Yeah, that was um, all over all over the TV in the 90s and early 2000s. So. Was it really? Yeah, like yeah, right. people wrapping around themselves on poles. Like it's still today, it's but still it's, like today, a lot, yeah. it's a lot less. Well, every time it rains, value of those cars goes up. Yeah. So <laughs> every time it rains, I see, I just see dollar signs in my eyes, like cars... <laughs> Another, another thousand. So, uh, yeah, and that's where the obsession started. Like, my old man wasn't worried about breaking road rules, particularly with a yeah. young child in the car. So it was awesome fun. I didn't know any better, so it was, it was very cool. And the, the second I could waste all my money on buying one, yep. wasted all my money on board. Straight to it, like father, like son. Totally. <laughs> yeah, as much as I don't like to admit it. Yeah. Not many people know this, but my actual dad, not Jeff, my actual dad, he was actually a car dealer as well. He actually used was to, he? he was actually a car dealer. Yeah, right. He actually um, did sales for Toyota back in... I think around ride, you know, yeah, the, the, the ride, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, the ride yeah, yeah. Toyota dealership. He was actually yeah. a car dealer. No way. And um, yeah, he was obviously never a race car driver, but yeah. that's how I got my fascination with cars and whatnot. So we're kind of similar there, I guess. Same, same, <laughs> same. Well, my old man was a rally driver. So he, he did yeah. a bit of rally in the 80s in, in the UK. He's sort of claimed to fame. He beat Colin McRae on the stage. Yeah, right. In the 80s. I think Colin might have been like in nappies and a toddler. Yeah. And my, my old man was a full, full set adult. But, uh, <laughs> but nonetheless, so that's his claim to fame. And yeah. yeah, so he can drive. He's a good driver. And yeah, just every car he got home, it was 
a race car basically treated it like he sold it yeah so, right so yeah. so you um where'd you grow up you grew up i think obviously i've known you for years did you go to school in epping and grow up in epping or yeah close to so i um lived in dundas for ages yeah um which is just outside of carlingford epping that area eastward i went to school at epping boys and that was pretty much it there wasn't really anything fancy i, I didn't race go-karts until i was quite late so yeah yeah, man, just yeah. looked my way through as many tests as I could. Wasn't a great student. I wasn't silly, but, you know, I wasn't academic. So. Were, you, were you like me? Because obviously I was similar to you. I didn't get started late in karting till like, what, your, your age, like, yeah. you know, around 12, 13. But were you, like, drawing cars in the back of your book and whatnot? Totally. And just, like, being, like, fully focused on the car racing yeah, dream? Yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. Oh, not the car racing dream. I just love cars. Like, I yeah, still right. do. I'm just a massive car nerd. Like, mm. I would go out with my nan. She'd pick me up from school. and you know, I'd see a car and tell her, oh, no, that's a, you know, whatever it is. And yeah. She, oh, yeah, how cool is that, loser? Um, <laughs> so that was me. Like, I was just a massive car nerd, and I just knew I wanted to go driving yeah. uh, at some stage. So, uh, yeah, I did. I drew the cars. Yeah. I, um, I was full fanboy. A lot of people know Josh Buchanan for, obviously, we'll go later on in the podcast, to winning t- a TCR race at Eastern Creek, your home track. But a lot of people don't know actually about your family background. You just touched on your dad. Um, what about your, you know, your mum and your cousins and how'd that all, how'd your, how'd your parents meet? Um, they met in the UK. So yeah, they met in England. I think my old man was a mechanic at the time. Mm. And I think he fixed my mum's boss's car as a mobile mechanic. And yeah. that was pretty much it. So yeah, he would have fudged the, fudged the bill, for the mm. boss and stole the secretary, I think. So mm. uh, yeah, that's how they met. And yeah, we ended up moving out here when I was quite young. And that was, that's how we ended up here. So you're originally from the UK, your family? Born there. Born a, lo- a lot of my family's over there. My, my mum's side is out here, mm-hmm. but I don't really have, I, I like I'm an only child. I don't really have any cousins my age. So, yeah. you know, I was, I mean, I was quite social. I still am. So I, I didn't mm. really ever struggle to make friends or anything like that. I wasn't yeah. in the corner worried about human interaction. Yeah. Um, worrying about you people, worrying about you drawing cars in, in a book and whatnot oh yeah 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 the first <laughs> thing they saw i'd take them to the scrapbook when they come inside and if they still want to hang out we'd be friends so yeah no that that was that was pretty much the upbringing i actually did martial arts for 10 years so that yeah, was that right. was sort of my thing for a long time yeah, yeah okay so when did you start martial arts oh shit <laughs> year two so what was that i was seven maybe yeah i did that for close to 10 years did you so, get a PCYC or anything like that or was no that like- no 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 i went to a, I, I actually the dude who instructed me was actually one of the judges at the Sydney Olympics. Yeah, so that's, right. that's how Taekwondo, which is what it was, kicked yeah. off in, a, in Australia was the guys who, the Korean dudes who came out to do that, started mm. their own centres and it just, and it took, just off. took off. Yeah, yeah so right. one of the one of the ones who joined the bandwagon. And it's funny that I bring it up. The martial arts side of thing, the mindset, the whole discipline, all that rubbish, is one of the best, I guess, strengths that I have now in the motor racing scene is the the determination, self-belief, you know, confidence, all that sort of rubbish that yeah. you learn kicking other kids in the head at yeah. seven, eight, nine years old. Yeah, it transfers very much to the other sports. So Yeah, right. Yeah, it's the best thing I've ever done. Yeah, okay. So obviously we met years ago at yep. North Shore Kart Club and I'm um, karting's changed massively now, which we'll touch on a bit later. Yep. But um, I met you through Jason Valley. How did yes. your like friendship come with Jace? Because Jace and I have known each other for about as long as you two have known. Yeah, him, yeah. If not longer, you you guys. Yeah. But um, how did that all come about? From like your dad being a car racer and whatnot to him helping you at the go kart track. So I met JV 
my first ever go-kart race. Yep. So basically I was 13 and I decided I wanted to go go-kart racing. We went to Oran Park in, oh, I reckon it was 08, 09, something like that, just as it was going to start to shut down. And I saw all these kids racing. Oh God, like mm. that's incredible. I want to do that. Yeah. Obviously love of cars and going quick. I said to dad, we've got to do this. He goes, yeah, cool. No worries. Went to Parramatta Cart Warehouse, the boys yeah, you drove yeah, for. Yeah. Saw Ian there. And, Ian Baker. Um, I wonder Ian what Baker. he's up to these days. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. I, I think that all the time. Ian, Dan, all those boys, like they were the yeah. guns at the time. Oh, yeah. They were like, they were like the club heroes back then. He was. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was good. Um, and Parramatta Party Warehouse. Yeah, I know. I know. Well, I remember going in there and they said, what number do you want to run? I said, oh, number one. They got, you got to win a race to do that, son. Yeah. Like, um, but yeah, anyway, that so, sounds like Ian. Yeah, that yeah, sounds yeah. Like Ian. So I, I went there when I was, yeah, 12 or 13. And with all this enthusiasm going, oh my God, I'm going to be a go-kart driver. How good is this? This is the best thing ever. How much for that go-kart? I go, oh, it's three and a half grand. Me and dad have looked at each other and gone, what? Yeah. Like, and these are the second-hand ones hanging on the These are the pieces up. of yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. These are yeah, the pieces yeah. of shit ones. Yeah. And we've gone, oh, okay, yeah, cool. And what about, and we're just going down the line of like yeah. the worst-looking ones. Yeah. The one that starts to have rust on it. Totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Old and... AX6 and all that. <laughs> and um, yeah. they got cheaper, but it's like, oh, this one's two and a half, but it's rubbish. You're never going to win a race. So yeah. we left there pretty disheartened and it was probably another nine months until like i just put it in the back burner I thought, oh, okay whatever it is what it is but uh i went to the butterfly farm then mm-hmm. um out at windsor did a high cart session and just knew because they're outdoor they're, they're quite yeah. good for a high cart so yeah did the lawnmowers out there and dave um, sultana owns that now doesn't he with these guys does he yeah i think no he does shit. yeah 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 he yeah, was okay. a bit in Aussie racing cars for a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. It was always Rod That's for years a, yeah, yeah. Well, since now, I was there. Now, I don't, or you might know because it's on Facebook and whatnot, but I think um, North Shore Kart Club has changed it to like Greater Western City. Great, I thought they were Wollongong Kart uh, Club, are they? Wollongong Kart Club's gone to, this is from what I know, Wollongong Kart Club's gone to Eastern Creek and North Shore Kart Club's Dude. gone to what you said, Butterfly Farm. It's just it's like, all changed. It's just, <laughs> it's an absolute shambles isn't it like, yeah, I know. yeah i i don't follow i was so passionate about karting when i was doing it yeah I, I don't follow it's too hard to follow yeah i don't like there's four five governing bodies yeah that, they've got different <laughs> rules it's like yeah, um, yeah. with the greatest respect yeah. sort your shit it's but cool. anyway um so i yeah. went to butterfly farm yeah you went to butterfly farm yeah. um and uh yeah i i decided i needed to do it so i basically started working for my uncle on weekends who Loved a bit of child slave labor yep. in the form of me. And I did that for close to two years. Pretty much every weekend I had free, I would work for Matt, uh, my uncle. And that's basically how I scraped and borrowed enough to buy my first go-kart at mm. Parramatta Kart Warehouse about two years later. So yeah, Was that a J or a Clubman? Yeah, yeah. <coughs> yep. So Was it a J or a Clubman? It was a J. It was yep. a J, okay. Yep. Uh, it was a J on a uh, Monaco GP5 chassis, yeah, so, right. which was an AX9. Yeah, yeah I remember it well. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, totally. I remember it so well. It was the best. It was the best day in the world getting yeah. it. Couldn't believe it. Where'd you get your gear from? All from Parramatta Cart Warehouse? All from Paracart Warehouse, yeah. yeah. Except the helmet, because again, oh, you want an Arai? That's yeah, 500 yeah, bucks. Yeah, it's yeah. like, what do you mean 500 bucks? So <laughs> I had an RJ's 
with a clear visor, yeah, like full, full Gumby full. spec. <laughs> did you have full the Gumba. Did you have the neck brace too? No, no never wore a neck brace. <laughs> never went for neck brace. No, no. Well, you but, went higher than me because I had to wear a neck brace. Did you? First oh yeah. no. Yeah, <laughs> Bart um, was there for my first race. Actually, not many people know know that. I've Bart seen actually, the photo of that. He had the frosted tips. Came yeah, back from UF3. Yeah, yeah the Justin whatever. Timberlake look. <laughs> but back to your point. That's where I met JV. My first ever go kart race. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. yeah right. Crazy. Yeah, cool. And then you and JV obviously hit it off. And were you living around the same areas or did you just hang out no. at his place like, no, like no, mates no. did back or still do now? Oh, God, no. So I had to – so because I started late, the first – I sort of did that first race. He said, basically, any help you want, let me know because I, I did quite well. And we sort of chatted a bit. I was only young. He was, he's a fair bit older than me. And then my second year, uh, I was old enough to have a motorbike. So – Instead of having my L's in a car, I had a motorbike license. So yeah. I would ride from Dundas to Silverdale, which is like the back back of Penrith, basically, pretty much every weekend on a motorbike on my L's. Um, <laughs> to hang out at JV's. To hang out and yeah. play with go-karts. So, yeah. yeah, we did that for, for many five years. years. Yeah, pretty yeah, much right. every weekend. And that, and that was the, that's sort of yeah. where it all, all began for me. You, have, you had a, like you've posted on social media um, sometimes, which some people, some racing fans don't know how much like, a certain thing means to a race car driver but for you which i remember racing it was the arrow club and go-kart and oh, that's when dude. you were like you were in 360s in the wet and videos and stuff. yeah like, all that rubbish you know yeah. what I mean? but what was your relationship with that cart and what did you win and what made you go out of this go-kart i can make a like a career out of car driving yeah i mean to be honest i never thought even now i don't like in the position i'm in i, I know i'm very lucky but even back mm. then i never had the idea of be a V8 supercar driver, be a race car driver, mm. race a car. That was never in the equation because mm. I came from so little and literally to this day, I've never owned a set of wet weather wheels or anything like that. So that was never in the equation. It was just go and have fun. And for me, fun wasn't just winning a race. It was, you know, going out, doing a massive skid in mm. practice, doing it in the race or, you know, just expressing yourself in the go-kart. And that's why me and JV got along because he was just the king of yeah. doing cool. Like he had yeah. the best style. Yeah, in a cart and like I wanted to do that so yeah. when I got in the arrow it was 10 years old it had been snapped in half twice welded by JV's brother Paul <laughs> like they welded it it was snapped like if you know go-karts you got the steering column yeah and then that bar that it connects to yeah basically to the stub axle and the c-frame yeah it had snapped there so like a fairly structurally integral part I remember yeah. seeing Paul weld this thing one day like that <laughs> and then tack it and look Oh, it's in the wrong spot. Broke it. Yeah. Pack it again. <laughs> and then they said, oh, this is going to be your cart. I'm like, Are you kidding? Like this thing. <laughs> this thing's broken. And we took it out to Eastern Creek and it was just jet. Yeah, so, right. Dude, the thing was a rocket. And I just fell in love. Like it, it needed to be driven the way I liked driving. And then, yeah, I, I hold three state titles in a row. I never actually won the big one in, yeah. in that respect, but yeah. I was always super fast in it. Won races in the rain by country miles yeah you're always um, good in the wet but i think that having jv there because jv doesn't get enough you know national respect for what he's done in the, yeah. as, as, as a junior development like coach yeah. in a way but you he taught you and many other drivers how to drive in the wet yeah and that was a key integration of his driving well style. he was the best yeah. i mean in the rain like there was no one who would touch him i remember we were at lithgow once for a state title and he went out in practice and he got behind adam hunter Mm. who ended up winning a world championship, passed him and drove off, like put a length of the straight on him in a couple of laps and then yeah. caught up with one of the Victorian boys who was meant to be yeah, one of the yeah. good guys, Lee Nicolau. 
Oh. Um, Do you remember that the the, the good old New South Wales versus Victoria like oh, state interstate battle? Hate, <laughs> um, but yeah, like the th- like just rinse them. So yeah, he just basically told me what he used to do, and yep. I didn't really need much to you know figure something out. So yep. he just told me what he did. I went out and did it, and it worked. So um, yeah, it was the best. I love that car because mm. it, it did. It really took me from oh yeah, Josh is good. He's won a few things to oh shit, he can drive so yeah. yeah it was it was very cool and i i've just got that cart back and i've just sort of restored it yeah right to, was that in jv's place was it or was it in it's in my it's in my place now so i'll be taking that out soon probably being five or six seconds a lap slower than like a yeah. at nine <laughs> it's oh. all right you can join bart and I on a on a practice day somewhere. yeah 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 i can <laughs> i can i look forward to it so you and you and jv have had a, a close relationship i want to know how um you met your girlfriend because your girlfriend's very supportive of you yeah and um, she's been there for your first win. So how did um oh like in PCR? Race, yeah, yeah, But course, how did yeah. you two meet? Did you meet like the typical like you know no teen, no super or? funny story? So like yeah. it's very ironic that we were just talking about JV. So JV started like so put in perspective, JV's fifteen years older than me, right? Yeah. First and foremost, so yeah. he started going out with this this yeah. woman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I think I remember who. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it wasn't Penn, was it? It was. It is no. It oh, is it was Penn. Penn? Yeah, oh, it was yeah. Penn. Okay, cool. So. Um, he started going out with Penny. Yep. And Lauren, my girlfriend, is Penny's daughter. Yeah, right. Swear to God, it, like, <laughs> yeah, ridiculous. So that's how that's how we met. Um, yeah, okay. But funnily enough, like, yeah, we just we we live very separate lives for how close you know we sort of were. You all of a sudden have a girlfriend who wants to play with you on the weekends and go and do things. You you can't like yeah, go and yeah. dick around with go karts with your mate. And that's yeah. when I started racing cars anyway. So. Yeah, we, we we ended up not spending as much time with one another mm. just just by chance. But yeah, that that's that's how we met and we're together now. Yeah. Do you actually hang out with many I don't, but do you and I've seen from back in the day, do you hang out with like um Bryce Davison and Pierce Lahane and that still party or did you party back then for a while? Yeah. Do you remember your party days? Because yeah, for yeah, me, yeah. I don't remember much I mean I did a nightclub promotion. I remember, from, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's why I'm bringing it up. You got me into Marquee one night, I remember. It, exactly yeah. right. That's what I'm bringing up. But do you do you remember your times partying with the go-kart boys? Because oh, those course, were, they yeah. were just loose days back yeah, then. Yeah, they were the best. I mean, the, the good thing is, is that I got all my silly stuff done away from when my motor racing career kicked off. So I don't feel the need to go out and do dumb you know, shit. Back. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I, I've, I've done that away from the limelight, I guess. So, yeah, um, I had a good group of mates in karts. Like Pierce, we went out quite a few times. We, we were good mates. Uh, Jamie Rush, yep. when he first came out to Australia, we took him out a few times. And, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, there's a few establishments. Took him, pro- t- took him probably, to another planet. Yeah, well, yeah, he took himself there, but um, <laughs> there's probably still a few places that won't let him back. Um, <laughs> but uh, even, um, yeah, Bryce a few times. They, they lived in further areas away from, from yeah. me, so that was always a bit tough. They were like Rouse Hill area. Yeah. But yeah, a few other boys as well. But honestly, mostly through sort of 17, 18, 19, 20, I was, I was with JV. So yeah, we'd right. go to the casino. I pretty, do remember those days because that's much, where I was. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, the, yeah, exactly. We were on the tables and you were on the decks. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's pretty much what what we did. I had a few good mates, Sean and Nick Lichtenberger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they those were, guys. Is it, Sean's not. Sean, what's Sean Tidyman doing these days? He's going like I kind of see him around Lockham and if he's kind of playing like the driver manager role, isn't he? In some he's place. yeah. <laughs> if the dirt's listening, that's his name as well. Yeah. If the dirt's listening, he would be the first one to admit. He doesn't have a real job. Yeah, like, he has a he has a nine to five, but yeah. he's the ultimate floater. He so, just rocks up to places, and you're yeah, like, right. "What are you doing here? You're working on Porsche Cup car. <laughs> now you're on Formula Ford. Now you're 
<laughs> what are you doing at this after party? He's like, a car salesman. He is a total car salesman. And he lives in Bondi at the moment and yeah. he fits that scene perfectly. So, Whereas <laughs> Nick is living um, uh, in Newcastle, uh, earning a fortune, being on call for the railway. So Yeah, right. Um, yeah, he's dating a former carter as well, isn't he? He is. He's, uh, he's going out with... Um, Brianna. Brianna, that's yeah, right. That's, yep. yeah, so yeah. he kept it in the family. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, out of all the go-kart tracks you raced that for me, I was just a one-track wonder. It was yep. Eastern Creek for SMP, me. Yeah. Yep. Well, um, Eastern Creek, Eastern Creek, Creek yeah. Yeah. Um, What was your favourite go-kart track? Uh, I went and did the state titles in Tasmania mm-hmm. last year of Clubman, and that was amazing. The Hobart was, was the track, about half hour outside of Hobart, and it was almost like a NASCAR track where it was sort of one straight, then another, on the side of a mountain, uh, with two hairpins and then some chicanes in the middle. But it was just so much elevation and undulation. It was incredible. So probably that as a, as a go-kart track. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, it was good. It was good. I did a lot around Lithgow, but mm. no, I wouldn't call that my favourite. Did you ever travel to South Australia or anything like that or not? No, I did because I had no money, man. Yeah. I, I travelled yeah. basically nowhere. Did, did you ever go at JV's? Because he did race KF1 for like that brief period. Did you actually ever go on that kart at all? Uh, no, well, that was before my time. I, mm. I, I raced KZ. In my yep. last year of carts, but yeah, never, oh, never really. I, I was a historian of the sport, so I knew everyone who did everything. Yeah. So I, I, I was very aware of what had happened and who did what, who won yeah. at what year. But yeah, I was never around for any of it. Who started that KZ series that you won? Matthew? Uh, yeah. Uh, his oh, last name. Yeah. God, he's going to kill me. <laughs> he's um, going to kill us both. He's on, he's on both our social media channels. I know, I know. Um, <laughs> but Matt. Nipporis. That's it. Matt Nipporis. That's yeah. it. He rides bikes or like for fun now, like, you know, on track days. He, d- he rides bikes. Did you know that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That screws loose. Yeah. I mean, I don't think, I'm not a brave person. So no. <laughs> seeing boys who run motorbikes around circuits, just hats off. Yeah, I wouldn't do it. Yeah, what did you what did you think of like the KZ thing? Because the KZ thing did take off in two thousand and fourteen, and literally every man and his dog got a KZ card at one point. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that was kind of the first drive I got in terms of it wasn't my stuff I was using. Yeah. So it was really cool. So the rules changed in fourteen, twenty fourteen, end yeah. of fourteen for twenty fifteen in cart. Uh, new engines were coming in; they were three grand a piece. New tires, so the old thirty thirty two was going to be useless. What did you think of that? Because that's when I was leaving too. Did you did, did you? It just was get what confused? it was. Yeah, it it was frustrating for me because I didn't have any money to buy the new stuff. So I was looking at it from a point of view. Oh, they're like mm. they're getting rid of me. Mm. I've got nothing to do. So yeah. I was I wasn't against it because I knew that it needed change. But personally, selfishly, I, I was I, I wasn't looking forward to it at all. And Clubman was the best racing. So yeah. For me, you, you were getting rid of the best racing, the best old school drivers, and the most affordable too. So, yeah, it was controversial, but it, I, I, you look in hindsight, I think it needed to be done. Probably the way it went down mm. wasn't the greatest. Yeah, it was a bit too abrupt, wasn't it? Yeah, and just like, yeah, there was a lot of controversy, but there's so many wheels and Chinese whispers. Like, you hear a story of, oh, have you heard how this happened? And then someone yeah. else says, you hear how that happened? And Typical you know, karting scene. Typical billy karts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do, we were talking about, obviously, off-air about Brian Farley Memorial. How many races of the Brian Farley Memorial did you do? I did 13, 14, and 15, and they were the best, man. Like, mm. Rapid Charge, 55 yeah. karts. Clubman Pro Clubman was. Bro. It was the shit. It was the shit Dude, back then. Brian Farley was the biggest race of the year. Like, yeah. the Nationals was good, but everyone wanted to win the Farley. Yeah. And 
Yeah, it was the best. It like, was like our annual classic in a way, like totally. the go karts. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was. It was the it was the million dollar race. Yeah, the who's who's won it won that race. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, like who won it? I think Tyler Greenbury won yeah, it. Yeah, did he? Macaulay maybe? Jones won it. Jones won it. Um, there was heaps. Daniel Baker. We're talking about Parramatta Cart Warehouse. Dan Baker won it. Yeah, there was some like proper like JH. Joe yeah. Mawson won, didn't he? Yeah, Joey won. Joe, Joey actually won. I had him on the podcast before, yeah. which you've heard. Yeah, he yeah. actually came from the back of the field and passed the whole he field did, in the that's wet right. and won. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. That's how he so. got talent spotted by my stepdad. Was it really? Yeah, that race? that's how he got talent spotted. You're joking. No, wow. That was the one that got him talent spotted. Wow. That yeah. was, yeah, that was the year. I was watching that year. That was the first year I, well, the year before I started. So I mm. um, started Racing Club and Pro anyway. But yeah, it was mm. the best. Like, it was so good. I mean, the guys in that field. Go-karters today wouldn't know any of them. Yeah. But you look at the list and you don't just look at the name. You look at, you know the story, you see who they've raced. Yeah. And where they raced and yeah. what they raced. Yeah. And it was just, it was elite. I'm yeah. so thankful that I was around then to be offloaded and smashed by those guys. Yeah. So that I can take those lessons learned and yeah. apply them today. Because, yeah, it's just, it just doesn't happen anymore. No, nah, no, nah, it doesn't. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure these days they would probably still have characters around the pits, but do you remember one character, Peter Galvin, my old mechanic? Yeah, I didn't have much to do with Galvo, but yeah. I remember you would always pump his tires up and talk rubbish about him. And <laughs> yeah, I, I, was, I wasn't cool enough to, for Galvo to look to, at me, but yeah. Um, yeah, I remember the Cosmic Racing team when you, Matty Waters, who else was in there? Oh, that, was Gill. The, that was the cool kids. That was the... You guys were lit. <laughs> Matt, Matt Boylan was yeah, there. Yeah, new Cosmic Factory yeah, suits. We're all, was like, we're all in, in purple and blue. Totally. And, like, these dudes getting paid to be here? Like, it was... <laughs> Yeah, fooled us. Yeah, so. and you'd, you'd smoke most of us. You'd smoke me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, it, uh, it was a good time. It was, it was yeah. a very good time. Obviously, obviously, from your karting career, you, um, I think, was your next step into Formula Ford out of go-karts? Yeah, it was, yeah. So, yeah, after I, I got the drive in KZ through Greg Stanley, he approached me at a Speedway event at Para when we all used to yes, go yes, Speedway. Yes, I was going to actually bring that up. So, yeah, I was on the UDLs that night. Raspberry UDLs, and I saw Greg. He just started importing TB Cart. Yep. His son over in WA, they, run Jake, they ran Jake Claridge. Jake went to GT3 Cup Challenge in yep. Porsches, uh, and Greg basically said, what are you doing this year? Because it was like January. I said, mm. oh, nothing. I've got no engine. And mm. he gave me a cart, gave me an engine, traveled around and did the KZ series. And then, yeah, from that, I met Mark Lowing from, uh, through JV, and he said that you should go and ring this guy named Paul. He owns a heap of Formula Fords, builds them. They're looking for a driver, and I just thought, bullshit. No mm. one looks for drivers in cars. That doesn't. Paul happen. is a racer's racer. Like he's he is... like he doesn't care about like the flamboyance of a race team. No, he is literally like the the proper Formula Ford racer. If you were to put like yeah. Formula Ford back in its day, he was it. Well, he's in the seventies time warp. He hasn't left. So that's what makes him so great, though. But that's yeah. what, he's like. He's the only one essentially outside of Mike Ballin that's produced their own car in Australia, really, in Formula Ford. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, he produced his first Formula Ford in 1986. So he's been making cars for close to 30 years. And yeah, I, I met him through Mark and did a test with him at Wakefield, which mm. was free. And I thought, oh my God, like, this is ridiculous. This is the They're best thing ever. <laughs> um, and then he called me into his office. I was doing a bit of driver coaching at the time as well. For uh, him, weren't you? No, no, no. For, for, for cars. Yeah, so, right. Top scam. <laughs> I was racing go-karts and telling dudes how to drive their cars. Um, so you got to tell me about how that after this pause. Yeah, story. I know. I know. There's, there's a lot of like swindling, but um, let's say you got to go in the racing industry though. You got to go until you make it. Exactly right. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. So Paul called me into his office and said, oh, you know, we can't pay you to drive the car. And I've, my ears have just perked up like, 
Yeah. I mean, you can't pay me. I, yeah. He goes, but we want you to test the car through the year. We're building a new car, which is still being built. Yeah. Um, oh, well, it's only like really him and like him and like, Joe, him and yeah. Joe the whole time in the in the in the. Um, and yeah, that's how Formula Ford started. So they they tested me. Just I just drove the car on test days for about nine months before doing my first race. Yeah, right. That was, how, the, that was the start. We'll go back to the Formula Ford later, but how did the driver training come about? Like, obviously, you're coming out of go-karts and you're wanting to make a career in cars and you've obviously yep. gone with Paul and stuff, but how did you, did JV help you with the yeah, did. with the thing? Yeah, yeah, yep. again. So yep. basically every first start I got was through him. Mm. So he was obviously a lot older than me, so he had a lot more connections and, you know, could see that what I was doing was right for that industry. So mm. he put me in touch with a few guys and it just fell into place. The first ever gig I did was at World Time Attack. As a yeah. volunteer, I worked for a guy named Renato, who's a great friend of mine now, and I, I work for yeah. uh, quite I'm gonna a get, lot. I'm going to get Ian Baker on the pod soon. <laughs> Ian Baker? Yeah, God. So he'd have, yeah. Yeah, so um, back to Renato, yep. So, uh, yeah, so Ian Baker's World Time Attack. So, yeah, I was putting cameras on cars, GoPros, for free. I worked two 16-hour days thinking, this is shit. Why did I do this? But there was a 767B. There was a heap of cool cars. Um, and that was the first gig I did from there. High Tech Oils Drifting started and I was just working on the event as a gopher. And then a friend of mine... We've all got to start somewhere. All got to start somewhere, dude. And then a friend of mine now, wasn't friends then, but Ben Porter uh, of Lamborghini Asia GT factory fame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He um, was also a gun Formula V driver. He was Formula, seven Formula times. V, v driver back Mr. in the day. Mr. Seven times, yep. yeah. So he asked, oh, do you want to do a job at a place called The Farm, driver yeah. coaching? And I've heard about that place. You've never been? Never been. Okay. You can tell me about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good. <laughs> Very good track. But yeah, so he said, do you want to do a day at the farm? I said, sure thing. That was paid. I got yep. paid money for it. Couldn't believe it. And it was for Hyundai. Yeah, right. And that's where that started. And that's so, how the whole Hyundai thing started. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's a wormhole, right. isn't it? It's just total <laughs> snowball. So yeah, that's, so that's, that's how the driver coaching started. Yep. And that was also the Hyundai relationship too. Yeah, cool. So how'd you, um, find, how'd you find working with Hyundai? Being like a fresh go-karter, essentially, working oh, with Formula yeah. Ford. It was just, a trip. Yeah. Total trip. It was yeah. Veloster Turbo was the car. And looking back, mm. I thought it was the biggest event of all time. Doing it now, more or less every other day, like, oh, it's just another track day, whatever. Yeah. But for me, it was a big deal. So, um, and it was a journo day. Mm. So there were journalists there, like Andrew McLean, who does the media now for Hyundai. There was Paul Gover, who's you know, obviously big wig and been around forever and i was in the passenger seat with them coaching them coaching them around as, the, as a go-karter essentially. yeah yeah as a go-karter slash over-wheel driver pretty much yeah pretty yeah. much but so. you proved it later on so that's the main thing yeah yeah but all, all through that time i never had any intention of being a race car driver i was just happy to be know, around cars because that's, totally. that's what you like that's what i like yeah yeah, yeah. you love you love cars yeah i so, never drove a i never drew a Veloster turbo in a book yeah, or anything like that. <laughs> but yeah, for me, that was an F1 car at the time. Yeah. What do you think? Of, um, obviously, for me, my thing apart from V8 supercars was Parramatta Speedway. When did you start going to Parramatta Speedway as a kid? Uh, do you remember your first time going? Yeah, I there? do. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't a kid. I, I was. It was in my teens. So it was when I met the go kart crew. So that sort of group of friends who I had through karting. Yeah, we went to the speedway, and I did the classic speedway first time mm. deal. Like I wore a decent shirt. Yeah. Decent pants. Like, I didn't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You didn't know it was full of And that. I'm sitting at turn one slash two. I just got smacked in the gut by something. And I thought someone threw something at me. <laughs> so, like, I'm not an aggressive person. I'm like, oh, my God, someone's trying to belt me. Like, do yeah. I look so out of place? <laughs> it was play from yeah. the spring car. Yeah. Smashed me. So that was my first time. Yeah, I, was, I would have been 16. Or what year was that, 2010? 
No. 2011. 12, 13. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, super late. Did you have any favourite sprint car drivers? Or do you remember anyone yeah, that, that I was do. like, that stood out? I remember the dude who was cleaning up when I first went was James McFadden. Yeah, right. So he was yeah. destroying everyone. And then I remember when the, the, the Americans would come out, like Brad Sweet. Yeah. Um, Casey Kane came out at one stage. Yeah, he Tony did. Stewart, or yeah. did you miss Tony Stewart? No, I, I don't think I saw Tony, but yeah, mm. I remember watching, because I love driving technique, doesn't matter what it is. I, I remember watching the really good Aussie guys, like, yeah. Mm, Jamie um, Veal. Yeah, Jamie Veal as mm-hmm. well. He, he, was, he was another one smashing it. Yeah. Um, Max Johnson. Maxi J, Sammy yeah. Walsh, like the good Aussie guys. And then you see the US dudes come out, and they're just a lap ahead of everyone. Like, if mm. the line's the top, they know it. And then if the line's the bottom, they know it. They're just yeah. a lap ahead. And yeah. they're not so much faster. They just just know it. Yeah. And it was so cool to see. I've, um, I've heard from Aussie drivers, from Aussie sprinkler drivers, as you said, they think they were going to the top, but the Americans literally go over the top and still pass them. Yeah, all, yeah, Which yeah, is yeah. crazy. I think it's nuts what It's very saying. impressive to see, and particularly yeah. how fast they are. I mean, you don't get – I remember seeing a car wheel stand on the dirt, and I just lost my mind. I thought, that's ridiculous. Yeah. And then go out the back, and they're running – yeah. six PSI or whatever it is in the tires and just goes against everything that you think, you yeah. know, and I knew nothing at the They're time. all lunatics though. Like, you know, all the Dumsney kids and stuff like that out West, they love to do wheel stands in their own farms and do donuts and yeah, I don't think you're allowed to talk videos. about what they actually do, but yeah, they're <laughs> lunatics, yeah. absolute lunatics, but you have to be the to, to drive one. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. mean, how did you find it? Doing your speedway stint was yeah. it? Yeah. Oh, that's right. My legend car stint. Yeah. Your legend car stint. Yeah, I actually, I found it fun. Like, I, yeah. It's fun, funny you bring that up. Yeah, I, I loved it. Like, I liked it. Um, yeah, okay. But in terms of us going from tar to dirt, it was just totally different. Chalk and cheese. Yeah, yeah, yeah like, yeah. I was thinking, like, oh, this is going to be so easy because it's literally just a bowl. Yeah. And I'm just going to be driving around in circles. And everyone's like, holy, you're going to find this ridiculously hard. Yeah, yeah. Sure enough, I did. I had one good race where I actually got up to fifth from last. And yep. then my engine died or my battery died. And that was pretty much the end of my legend car. Career. Yeah, okay. I had yeah, heaps yeah. of fun, though. It was yeah. heaps of fun. It does look like fun. It's way yeah. more relaxed once it's all said and done than tarmac racing. Yeah. Thanks again to Bowden's Own Premium Car Care for sponsoring this episode. Let's get back into it. So back to um, your Liz Tech days. You've worked with Paul. You've actually helped him build this car that he's still building, the, the Duratech. How did that all come about where you've actually been summoned into his office? Is his, is his office a bit like Dave Moore's where it's just full of books and all that type of thing. It and is crazy, crazy notes and stuff like that. hundred percent. Yeah. Oh, I've awesome, never been to Dave's awesome. joint, but that's yeah. exactly what it looks like. It's we should swap bosses. We should, yeah. <laughs> you go to Dave Moore's office. I'll go, totally. to, I'll go to Paul's. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Paul's, Paul's shop is just, it's, it's, it's just, it's, it's just cool time. because it's, yeah, it is. It's, it's, they're old school. Joe's a world-class fabricator. Mm. Paul's super intelligent and they just chip away and build cars and they love it. And, and that's how we worked so well, is that they were no bullshit. I just got in and drove, drove the thing hard. I didn't make mistakes, told them if something was good or bad. They loved it. And we got along. I still drive their cars now. So Yeah, you drove at supercars, didn't you? The, the I Duratech. did. I had a shunt. You, you, you were going pretty well, though. <laughs> I was, yeah, yeah. You were up there. Yeah, you... qualified third. <laughs> yeah. And I gave old mate in second a toe. So yeah. I would have I qualified second. But yeah. yeah, I mean, at that level, their Duratech car is... Uh, I can get it going fast in qualifying. I can't hold on to the Miguel's and the Spectrums in the races, yeah. but we can get close enough to crash into the quick blokes. But you've done well. So you, um, did you do, you did 10, 1600 first. How did you find um, driving the 1600s opposed to the Duratech? Well, the two cars, the Duratech and the Kent car are called identical cars, mm-hmm. just different engines and uprights, but the cars feel totally different. So yep. Paul's Kent car is easily to this day still the best race car I've ever driven. 
Yeah, right. Yeah. Out, of the, out of the two, you reckon the Kent car's... Miles better. I don't know why, and they don't know why, but it was a little bit like the old Clubman cart where I just got in it and I just I could talk to it. Like I, I, there was, was nothing that, I couldn't do. It just do. suited your driving style totally. it was a bit loose. Yeah, Totally. Right. There was nothing I couldn't do in that car, and the reason I raced that first uh, rather mm-hmm. than the Juratech is because they had a driver paying to drive the Juratech, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. and they just yeah. wanted me to get some races and, and win some stuff to yeah. see if I could do it. That's how race teams work, though. You have the paid driver, and then you have some race teams do this. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's right. So that's effectively how I got my start in the Kent, and then, yeah, we went on and won a bunch of races. It was like 19 from 21 starts in Kent, and the competition might not have been there Oh, there was competition. There was the, competition. The Anglo, the Anglo car is quick. The Anglo cars, are, they, they are very fast. Uh, but yep. I knew I was driving that Kent car as quick as it could go. There was not a man born from his mother who could drive that car quicker than what I was. And I just needed some stage to show it because we were breaking lap records everywhere we went. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. you know, winning races by miles. Yeah. But I, I, was like, I had it racing back then. That's <laughs> why I kept my ass kicked. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it wasn't until we went to Bathurst for the 12-hour Formula mm. Ford race that we finally got that competition and we still won the event the the car was just so good i mean mm. I, I i still love driving that car one day i'm gonna have a shed gonna have the go-kart i'm gonna have that car yeah you're gonna so, collect cars smaller to alonzo's or like yeah you know, you're that's have, like, right you're gonna have a small shed full of your yeah, stuff i don't you. think i'll have a tcr car but yeah i i definitely one day will own that car i remember when we were there racing at that event you were talking to paul morris have you had a good relationship with him or just was that just like a casual banter thing at yeah the time? it was more just a casual banter i remember going into the race our good friend Lockie Mansell yeah. of uh, Beauty, Beauty and the Geek fame. Yeah. <laughs> he, um, he was doing the media for it before he was well known. And I remember reading the article because, again, I was a nobody. So I wanted to see my name in a magazine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was reading it, looking for my name. And he's basically said Paul Morris and Jane Ojeda mm. are the favorites. And you're Gone, like, fucked. Um, that was all I needed. Like, full <laughs> Michael Jordan, right? <laughs> that, that, that pissed me off. Like, yeah. I was like, I'm the favorite. Like, yeah. I'm going to go and win this I'm thing. I'm the fastest. Yeah. yeah. And I'd never been to Bathurst. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the first thing I remember doing in practice, everyone was talking Paul Morris, this, that. And he was racing Aussie car at the time, just destroying people. Like, yeah. Every, yeah. everyone who knows Paul. like yeah. he, he loves Bathurst. Well, he loves Bathurst and he loves mm. a shunt. Like, he mm. doesn't mind getting the elbows out, no. which, from my karting background, mm. love it. Like, yeah. I'm all about that. So I was really excited, but the rhetoric around the track was like, Paul's racing, don't get in his way. He's going to run you off the road, all this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the first thing I did in practice was go, go out behind Paul and try and not give him a shunt, just see what it's all about. And I remember he pointed me past going up Mountain Straight, second lap, oh, okay, no problem. Cruised <laughs> around and came in. God, how'd, how'd we go? And they said, oh, you're quickest. I'm like, yeah. oh, shit, okay. Like 55 cars and yeah. I, was, yeah. I was the quickest. Yeah. Where's um, my name in Speed Cafe now? Yeah, that's right. And then, yeah, so Paul afterwards sort of just, oh, hey, mate, how you going? Like, yeah. yeah, good, good, good. You're going all right. It's just general stuff. Like I see Paul every now and then and we say hi and, and all the rest of it. He follows me on Instagram. So, yeah. you know, he's a big fan. <laughs> but Paul, to this day, I've said it in John's podcast, Paul Morris. He still doesn't accept my friend requests on Facebook. Oh, he's got Facebook. He's he? got Facebook. Oh, okay. Paul Morris, yeah, he's got Facebook, and he, no, he just he's not interested in Huli. Really? Yeah, nah. Not India. <laughs> not India. He fancies a lot of other race car drivers in the industry, but just not me. So you yeah. know, eventually maybe I'll get him get him on the podcast. You could. That could be your like sort of thing. You could say that could be my welcome to the podcast. Way. Add me. <laughs> Slide him a DM. Do you want to come on the podcast, Paul Morris? That's right. All you got to do is add me. Yeah. So yeah, you've you've obviously you dominated in the list tech in the Kent car. You went to the Juratech. You did a few races in that before Formula 3. Yep. How did you find going from the Formula 4 Duratec to the Formula 3 car? Oh, dude. Like, the F3 car was the most brutal thing I've ever driven. It mm. was like KZ, but 
one-handed for longer, longer corners, stiffer. Your neck would just rip off. You'd have a blister on your hand for a week after every time you drove the car from bashing down from six to second. Yeah. Because we obviously run slightly older cars out here, so they're still sequential shift. With a shift cut, yeah, I honestly thought it would be like foolish of me to think that they'd be closer than what they are. They're just worlds apart. They're yeah. totally unrelatable in every single way. Yeah. So you couldn't relate the two when you went from one to the other? Absolutely not. Totally I, different cars. I remember you telling me ages ago, too, you're like your neck gets worn the, worn the fuck out. First test I did at Morgan Park, I think I did seven or eight laps and I was cooked. I've yep. just gone, oh my God, like yep. what have I done? And the trouble was because we had no budget, I couldn't test through the year. So the only testing I got was Friday practice. Um, and the races were long, fairly time split up. So you'd have one race in March, the next one was May and then July and then September. Yep. So if I did two races in a month, the yep. second race, I'd feel okay. But I remember going to Halem Bend after mm. having like three months off, just man, like I was, I always did my best work in Friday practice and yeah. then I just cooked for the race. <laughs> it wasn't like my racing career. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> but yeah, it wasn't until we got to, um, uh, Wakefield where I got on pole the second to last round and then mm. Queensland raceway a few weeks later, mm. that I really felt like I was driving the car and it was good. That's so rewarding when yeah. you drive them fast. It was Your rivals like, with John Magro. That Johnny season, Magro. Right? Yeah. Yeah. He cleaned up. I, I was never a shout for him. I could hold him. And occasionally get in front of him, but I I, could, I wasn't on the fitness level to drive the cars. How did that deal come about with you though, with our role Gilmore, who's yep. passed away, and that whole situation? Because obviously they were out without a driver, weren't they? And then you just randomly got pulled in or something. Yeah. So John Collins, who won the series for them in fifteen, I think it was. Yep. Uh, I went to his wedding in Newport, and Errol Gilmore was there because they were really close. And I went up to Errol and I said, "Hi, my name's Josh, and." I'm going to drive your car. The Lewis Hamilton way. <laughs> yeah, not quite. But um, yeah, and he's gone, oh, okay. Like, you know, and sort of spoke a little bit and he gave me his card. I called him a few weeks later. He said, yeah, yeah come and do a test. And that, that was pretty much it. That was that Morgan Park test and it, it went from there. Yeah, right. I yeah, mean, it was just another one of those. Random situations that you got yourself into. Yeah, and I only knew John through driver training. So, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. It's, again, it's all just small little cogs. Yeah, coming together to can, produce stuff like that. Can this. you explain this to me about Burroughs days and like the whole like driver training thing? Because obviously yep. I've never been involved in it, but I've always wanted to get involved in it. Yep. But from people outside listening to this, what gets involved in driver training and how do you go about it to become one? Yeah, so I get asked this all the time and, and it's not something where you just ring up, hey, I do X, Y, Z. I yep. want to come and coach, you know, your, your dudes in supercars or yeah. I'm a national karting champion. Can I be a driver coach? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. That's yeah. right. And I had a lot of trouble starting off because I was only racing karts. So it was like, why is this dude here? And, mm. you know, all the rest of it. It's more just how you communicate uh, and how you talk to people. And, you know, if you can put your ideas across on how to drive a car better, then you do your job. So yeah. I, I was good at that because I've always liked the technique of driving cars. So I, mm. could, I could explain that. And that's how it basically came across. And that's all word of mouth. Like, I, I don't have a CV. I don't have a, you know, resume here. Yeah. Can I work on this day? It's all just you get a random call on your phone from a number you don't know. And hello, Josh speaking. Like, yeah. You know, yeah, oh, do you right. come? yeah, that literally how it works. Wow. It's not as intricate or as complicated as what you might imagine. Yeah. Did you ever think before that to get into car racing that you want to do like the V8 fast track thing or anything like that to try and get your foot in the door or did uh, you just did yeah. you ever did that ever come to mind for you or not, not? really no I, honestly it, all it was was just an avenue to pay for me going racing all it was i enjoyed the work i would see cars that 
I never thought I'd see. Even to this day, like some of the stuff that I've done or seen or driven still blows my mind. And that was the appeal. That, mm. That's all it was. Very, very simple. No, yeah. Nothing to it. Yep. So after this, you've, um, you came second in the Formula 3 Championship. You did a bit of Formula Ford again, but this is where um, Will Brown got out of the seat in the, in the TCR series, the, which was literally just the inaugural season. Yeah, 2019. And everyone's doing their drivel evaluation day. Who was a part of your evaluation day when you were hopping into Hyundai? So I didn't do it on the same day as everyone else. So I, mm. uh, I believe it was... Yeah, so who were you against? Matt McLean, Tyler Everingham, Holly Esprey, and someone else. I can't quite remember who. Yeah, okay. uh, but it was a different day to me. So they they tested on like a Friday, and I tested on a Monday. And yeah, I just happened to be the the, the quickest out out a lot of them for whatever reason. They might have got traffic. Their day was busier than mine. I, it doesn't matter. But yeah, I had support from Hyundai. The the brand were quite keen to yep. get me in the car, and and I happened to be the fastest. So Barry Morecambe, who owns the team, decided to go with me. And yeah, then that was very it. simple. That 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 was pretty much it. But not many people know that you actually after your F F three days, you actually nearly got picked up by an S five thousand team, didn't you? Yeah, you got, yeah. You nearly I got did. scouted to go into S five thousand to its inaugural season. That's right. Yeah. I um I had an offer to race at the Grand Prix for twenty twenty, which was the apocalypse. Yep. You would have raced my driver coach Bart then. I would have. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hundred yeah, percent. So yeah, there was a dude looking for guys to race his S five thousand. Um and he called me three weeks before the event, like I'd gone to his office in Melbourne and spoke mm. with him and sort of said, okay, like you've got a car. Have you got someone to run it? Have you got yeah. this, got that? Cause I mean, with the, without sounding arrogant, I just mm. came off the back of F3. I, I ended up driving the car quite quickly. You know, I, I'd won at Bathurst. I'd done some cool stuff. I yeah. was, I, I, I Your was resume's quite, built up at this point. A little bit more. Check. Yeah. A little bit more yeah. built up than what it had been in the past. I had enough work in driver coaching. I was doing it full time. So I wasn't going to sell myself short. Like I wasn't yeah. going to do something for the sake of it. Whereas yeah. if it was 18 months earlier, S5000 now questions later, but yeah, the, it was all coming the other last minute for the team. Mm. Uh, and so he asked me to do the event and I actually turned it down just because, mm. you know, are we going to get a test date? Mm, probably not. And yeah. I had an opportunity to work at the Grand Prix with Jaguar, which was worth, you know, a lot of money. So yeah. for me, it's like, all right, do I go and earn some money, be at the Grand Prix, have a good time? Or do I maybe race, maybe in a car that might be ready, might have someone to run it. Then so, I'd do three laps and then car. Well, could, yeah, that's it. That's it. So looking back, it didn't is, really. Is that team still around or not? Yeah, they are. They are. They're, yeah. they're, they're running really well. They've, they've won race, a race now. So they're doing a really good job. So if I, if I stuck with it, I, I might have had yeah. an opportunity, but I wouldn't change a thing. What do you think on. about, obviously, you're now in TCR, which we can end, end the whole podcast with, but what do you think about the whole ARG series now? Because you're well involved in it now. You know how the whole thing works. For me now, it used to be looking up at the start of the year was the Adelaide 500. Now I should look for the race of Tasmania, which you're going to. What do you think of the whole S5000 thing now? Like, do you think it's the drivers that they're bringing in is creating a better category and an open wheel pathway for Formula Ford drivers and whatnot? Or Yeah, definitely. I mean, I remember watching the first race of 5000 that I saw in Tassie being there in TCR. And I, I did. I, I was very envious of the guys out there. The cars move around. Like Joey said when he was here, they move yeah. around. You've got to hustle them. They're, old, they're like old school and 80s, which is yeah. what the fans love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I was watching going, how cool is this? Mm. Um, the racing obviously isn't what touring car racing is. It's not bash and smash and all the rest of it. But the category, seeing the cars, it's super cool. So yeah. I'd love to still drive one. And, you know, if the opportunity comes up, I'll jump at it. But I think it's great. You know, the more opportunity young guys have now uh the better as far as i'm concerned how's um how's barry and nathan as a boss great 
They're great. Barry's awesome. Is Nathan's he? not so much the boss. He, uh, he, uh, he Does just, he portray that on social? No, he, no, 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 no. He's cool. He's yeah. all right. Um, oh, he's but, a legend. I've known him. Like, we've known him for years. You've known him for a long time. I've so. got a history with him. Too. I'd love to bring him on, by the way, if you can get him on. Yeah, I'll speak to Morco. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> yeah, he listens to this podcast. <laughs> if I'm on it, he won't. Yeah. But um, yeah, Nathan's he's a great teammate. He's super relaxed. You know, he's he's very good in the cars. He's got a massive background in all sorts of different cars that not many people know about yeah. as well. So he's a good teammate to have and benchmark yourself off. And he got quite unlucky in the first year of TCR as well. Like, Will, Will obviously cleaned up but nathan mm. was very quick he just always was on the wrong side of something but uh yeah in terms of barry he's he's amazing Bar- barry is the team owner that every team needs yeah he's um, a big gentle giant that bloke he's he, a legend he, he, he everyone's got so much respect for him in the paddock what i think is nuts is essentially for tcr they are the founding team which you're in hmo customer racing that's actually pretty much like helped tcr to get it where it is today yeah, you know well, I mean, like, I mean Barry's like a foundation team. Yeah, you know I mean? ba- Barry's Barry's the only guy who basically went overseas, said we want to run these cars. Yeah. Okay, no problem. Bought mm. the cars, job done. Like set up a team. The, the workshop is world class. What's in that workshop? Like, how does the how does a day in the life of the HMO Customer Racing? Where is it actually located? It's first? in Campbelltown, so yep. it's on Barry's block where he has DPO, his his main business, and it's an old skate park building that he rented out. And then when he started the team off, he yeah. pissed the skaters off and said, "I'm putting the cars in here." Yeah. So Nathan, from what I believe, sort of refit the whole joint. It's all epoxy floor. There's signage. It's all beautiful, perp, uh, and and perfect. There's a gym. There's yeah. Everything, there's a little showroom with, you know, yeah. Barry's old sports van, an old Porsche Turbo of his. Is there, and, like, um, t- is there like trophies and stuff? As yeah, there's in? all the, the whole oh, deal, wicked. mate. There's the B-double that lives in there, and then we've got the four hoists with the four cars. So, yeah, right. mate, it's world class. It really is. Yeah. It stacks up to any workshop I've ever seen. Does Aaron Greck work there, my old team? No, he doesn't. He, he, he did he, work there, didn't he? He contracts to us at, okay. at events. So he's an engineer this year. He's going to be engineering Nathan, I believe. So Not many people know, but he did actually win a Formula Ford championship himself. Yeah, he's gone. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was my number one mechanic last year, uh, and now he's engineer this year. But yeah, Aaron's a really good dude. He knows his stuff, and he's a yeah, big yeah. part. So who's in, the, like, who's in the shop now, like if you could name everyone in the Yeah, in the, in so the, you've got Rob Benson, yep. who's, I guess... Kind of team manager, team overseer of sorts. And you've got Aaron, who is the truck driver slash uh, number one mechanic on my car this year. Uh, so those, those two guys are full-time. Mm-hmm. So they nine, well, not nine to five. They're more like seven to seven. They just love it. Love the tools. Love working on the cars. Super, super intelligent guys. Bob Riley as well, who's got a massive history in motorsport. He comes in and does sort of bits and pieces yeah. uh, on gearboxes and anything engineering. Uh, so does any of them have a supercar background yeah so rob rob at one point was doing v8 supercar with hrt when Mm -hmm. it was walkinshaw so he came out here and did the engines for walkinshaw when they first uh started in supercar in 1990 so they won bathurst that year uh so rob did the engines for them um and he stayed in supercar doing wayne gardner's motors until the mid 90s until he went to nascar and then Spent 10 years doing NASCAR. Do you remember those Coke Commodores? I was born when that car was going oh, right. around. Okay, for me I've seen it. the videos of that thing, and oh, it was a jet in yeah. a straight line. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> Rob tells me the stories of he had, like, three specs higher than everyone else. Yeah. And an exclusive deal. and Yeah. The TCR, yeah. what you're driving these days, Josh, reminds me of supercars back then because it's just like, you know, it kind of just brings, like, that old school factor where, you know, you win on Sunday, sell on Monday. 
the cars that were driving on the road. And, and those cars point. were easier to put together back then, those supercars. Yeah, 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 yeah. They were. I mean, they were at the at the time they were obviously very high tech. The engines were worth a, a shitload. But the theory was the same as what we're doing now: is that the body that you see going around the track is exactly the same as is what we're racing um, or you're buying. Um, with TCR, it's even closer again because the actual engine in all the cars that you see on the grid are exactly the same as what's in the road car, down to the standard rods, pistons. So much componentry is, is from the road car. Yeah. Uh, and when I take owners and customers and staff, show them the cars, it's pretty amazing to see their faces and go, oh, my God, that's an oil filter off like a standard I30N. You go, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, oh, my God, that's the same. So much similarity. Yeah. So that's the big appeal. Yeah. For, for I guess the generation has Hyundai actually sold a lot more cars since joining TCR. Do you I'd actually, love do you, to do you, say they're selling shitloads more, but I don't know. You don't know. No, no. <laughs> I'm going to cl- I'm going to claim every NIC on the road is because of <laughs> Sydney yeah. uh, last year. But the the brand passion with Hyundai mm. owners, mm. particularly with ENDS, is unlike any I've seen in any other brand. And obviously, I, I I work with a lot of brands, and yeah, the the N enthusiasts as we call them, they're just the most passionate car owners that you'll ever meet. It's, yeah. it's unbelievable. And now that they have sort of a car that they can look at mm. and have access to the team uh, that's racing out here, it's mm. amazing. We do a lot together now and it's it's only getting bigger. So hopefully it continues. How did you prepare? Obviously, 2020 was massive for a lot of drivers that I've spoken to, including myself, how I changed teams to Bart. Yeah, of course. Yeah. But for you, what happened for you in 2020 before leading up to, you know, racing a full season in TCR, like your proper full season? It was a blur. I mean, I found out. Uh, less than a week before Tassie, I was racing. So I did 20 laps at Wakefield and then straight to Tasmania yeah. to, to race. So it just happened so quickly and I didn't have time to sit back and soak it all in. It was just, this is what we're doing. Let's, let's go and do it. Like, yeah. I'll think about it when I'm not doing it in 10, 15, 20 years time, yeah. whenever that is. But at the moment, you know, we got shit to do, races to win and people to punt off. You know, I, don't have, <laughs> I don't have time to think about <laughs> think about it. We got did, a job to do. Did, did you think much of the whole, like the whole, did you do the sim racing thing over the, over no, the break I didn't. or not? No, no, no. I've got, like I've got a full Povo pack sim. Um, I don't even have a sim. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> even more Povo pack yeah. than mine. So yeah, I, I don't, I, I have a very basic sim. I use it more just on Gran Turismo to rip skids. Yeah. You're like me, just like the PlayStation and just have a fang on the, exactly. on the controls. Exactly. I go all right on the simulator when yeah. I go to my friend Ollie, formerly at Euros now, focus yeah, driver. driver performance. Yeah. Um, I can go all right on it, but I, I actually, I'm not a non-believer in the sim, mm. but there is no replacement for going and doing it. So, you know, I won't sit down and burn hours on the sim. Yeah. I don't feel like I get anything from that. You know, am I right? Don't know. Am I wrong? Maybe. But, yeah. you know, I, I feel like what I do can work. So, yeah, the sim's a good tool, but it's not. the. So you don't even one. really use it at HMO? No, we, we've, we've got two good sims there. They're actually not set up yet. So uh, we tried <laughs> to set them set up. up when they need to be yeah, set up. Yeah, I know. Yeah. We tried to set them up. It was a disaster. Like, we need a youth in there. We're, yeah. All of us there are too old. So. <laughs> just, I don't know. just get Tom Shaw or someone in, some young kid. Yeah, that's right. Well, we've got a new mechanic, Brock. He's, uh, he's in year 12. Well, he's first year out of school. So he's the youngest by miles. So I'm sure he knows what to do with all that. So when, when you did your first season, you, um, you've only done one season. Last year. Yeah. yeah, yeah so weird because of 2020 and whatnot. I know, I know. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's two seasons, but it's actually one. You started off the year a bit finding your feet because I remember talking to you at Eastern Creek. You were struggling to find it before you got to Eastern Creek and then you finally found that sweet spot. How did you go from Tasmania to Eastern Creek to getting that win? Like, how did that all come about and yeah. the whole team chemistry happen? So, I mean, I didn't know any better. I rocked up to Tassie. I got a podium in race one. So mm. I'm thinking, okay, cool. And then ran in the top five for the whole weekend and then went to 
PI, high-speed circuit yeah. usually suits me. But the technique of the car is totally different to what my natural style is. Um, so I went to PI and tried to drive the thing really hard on the front, carry yeah. super big corner speed. So through like turn one and Lukey Heights, I was, I was really fast. But through turn two, turn five, Siberia and um, whatever they call turn two, I struggled because I was going into hot to corners and not coming off them. And with the front wheel drive car, it's a particular technique. So I had to really readjust. And I was just sort of a session behind where I needed to be. So PI, I I was actually very unlucky because it rained in the first race. I started ninth, I got to third and then had an issue where I couldn't keep the car on the road at turn three. Finished like seventh or something. Got a penalty post-race, which is rubbish. Started 15th for race two, then got T-boned by... Jordan Cox, yeah, by no fault of his own. So that like wrote our race off. So that was a DNF. And by that stage, I'd figured out how to drive the car. So I came from 20th to 8th in race three, second quickest lap or something like that. So it was a bit like, ah, shit. Like, okay, just missed that by a session. I wasn't disappointed because I knew the tools were there. Went to Bathurst and uh, we just lacked so much straight line handling. Mm, the Hyundai's just didn't look good there. No, all. in they a just... straight line, we just, because we, our cars are, brought back with balance of performance because they're mm. so good. One of bop, the things they do, BOP, yeah, 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 one of the things they do is reduce your power. Yeah. So we, we carry 5% less power than most cars on the grid. Yeah, and they change that every race, don't they, the BOP? No, n- the weight they do, but mm-hmm. not the power. Yeah. So we went there. Our lap speed was fine, no mm. problems, but there was a red flag in qualifying. Jordan again binned yep. it at the chase. He's a bit of a wildcat, isn't he? Loves it. Um, <laughs> I so, want to get him on too. Yeah, he's a good dude. <laughs> so we were last in qualifying because we didn't do a lap. And we just couldn't pass anyone because the cars slowed down the straight at Bathurst. So I was doing like top five lap times, mm. but in like 16th. You know, yeah. I got up to seventh at one point and then I got touched up at the first corner and offloaded. Yeah. Went back to 12th. I finished the last race in ninth or something like that. But mm. again... I was like, shit, I'm fast. Like, mm. I just, I need... It's that a- frustrating part where you know you're quick, but you're not at the front. Exactly. I totally understand Exactly. That. And then Sydney was just, couldn't put a foot wrong. Like, mm. practice was a disaster. The car broke in, in practice one. Practice two was nothing special. But I knew how to drive around Sydney. I knew I was fast in the car. You pretty I just, much live there. So <laughs> Pretty much live there. Um, yeah, and then qualifying, I was second, which I was upset because I should have been first. And then... Should have won all three races, but yeah. race what? three was a safety car battle. So For you, was, a, was it a highlight now racing the TCR series against ex-supercar drivers and current supercar drivers like Chaz Mostert? Yeah, it was good to see how good those guys are and see what they do. I remember in race one, I got out in the leader past Johnny Martin, who's another gun. Yeah, uh, at who turn had a gun S5000 as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I passed Johnny Martin at turn one and then just sort of pulled a gap. So I started slowing down, just seeing what was going on. And James Moffat it was. I'm looking in the mirror, I'm like... I don't really want Moff behind me. He's like pretty aggressive and he's good. Like, you know, he, he, he'll have a go. So yeah. I, I started pushing and we just basically pushed as hard as we could for the whole race. He burned his tires up in the last few laps and that was it. And I'm like, Shit, I won. I couldn't believe it. And then it, like I got out of the car and it took me an hour and a half to get to my transporter to get changed. <laughs> I was just being mobbed. You can, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. That was crazy. Was that was, I was absolutely wrapped though. Like, especially JV being there with Penn. Well, like, but, I, yeah, I, I, I didn't have a bad word. Said yeah. to me, it was nice. And then race yeah. two, I, I had uh, the same situation. I got the jump and I had Chaz Mostert behind me. I'm thinking, okay, we'll see what happens here. And I was just driving, looking in the mirror and mm. it wasn't really doing much. I could see third was quite close as well. I thought, okay, mm. I might have this in the bag. With about six laps to go, uh, my dash wasn't working. So I was just driving to what I know. Yeah. You're just listening to the engine notes. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, 
And I just had Bob on the radio. I just said, look, just give me the, the gap every lap. And one lap with like six or seven to go, it mm. went from 2.2 to 1.6. I'm going, oh, okay. Mm. You want, <laughs> yeah. You want some? <laughs> so I just went out. I went as fast as I could for one lap. Gap yeah. went straight back up to 2.2. And then I slowed down the next lap, 2.2, 2.4. 2. So he started slowing down again. And it was quite cool because we came in. It was a battle like it was a chess game. A little bit, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Like I had it under control, but it was good to see how he operated. And I could tell straight away just from that, like he's not just driving, he's thinking and driving, which yeah. is really cool. And I said to Chaz after the race, oh, yeah, well done, man, good job, whatever, all that shit. Yeah. <laughs> and he goes... You're a super good driver, mate. You've had your... <laughs> you've had he your said life. to me, he goes, race three, don't fuck with us, will you? <laughs> and I said, don't be silly, mate. I was pushing 10 tenths. He goes, piss off, idiot. So that, that was really cool. Yeah. So, and then race two, Caruso got the jump and yeah. won the race. And yeah. Yeah, cool. Anyway, that, so, yeah, it was super cool. Yeah. Awesome weekend. Do you have any, like, have you had any bad accidents that you remember as a race car driver? I normally ask this in every podcast. No, the, honestly, the worst accident I've ever had was at the supercar round in Ford, got my right the one rear. The recent one? Yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, right. the, that's, only that's crash. the only one you've really had. Yeah, I mean, I had brake Mr. failure. consistent, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I can still count on two hands how many times I've put a wheel off a circuit since yeah. I've been racing a car. Like, I don't believe in going off to find the limit. Like, that's yeah. a load of rubbish. But, uh, yeah, so probably that. I'd put a wheel on the yellow line in the rain and it just started to spin the car. And before I could, it was coming back around, I got flipped. And then mm. I had brake failure at Bathurst. Mm. So I hit poor old Benny Bugs at the chase. <laughs> so... Yeah, that 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 was probably the worst one, but yeah, unfortunately, wasn't much. I could do what's about the that. vibes? Even though you're not with the GRM crew, what's the vibes around the paddock with those boys? Because they all seem like on social media and TV, what I've seen, they all seem like a happy bunch, like a yeah, like a happy good. circuits. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty happy to be alive, just as it is. So yeah. <laughs> I don't really like yeah, walk not... around trying to psych dudes out. Like yeah, Jason yeah. Bugs last year was definitely a lot of that. Like he Re- loved playing games. Did he? Oh, he was. All over it. Like, wouldn't. Bargana. Jason Bargana was the one Bugs. out of all of them. He was the one out of all of them. Full Jeez, old school. The wouldn't, old bloke. Wouldn't look at you. Like, if you spoke to him, it'd be like, yeah, good mate. Yeah. Just walked off. Really? But it was coming from a place of competition. It wasn't like it was, yeah. he was being a jerk. You know, like when he won at PI, I remember waiting for him at the media circle to say, well done. And to his credit, when I won at Sydney, he walked down the next morning, came oh. out of his way and said, well done, mate. And walked yeah, the right. other way. So, because I got along quite well with Jace before that. Yeah. So to see him in race mode, I was like, oh shit, like yeah. he's like trying to kill us. <laughs> so yeah, but other than that, it's all pretty cruisy, you know, yeah. like. Have, have they kept the same regs in TCR since you first started or are they changing uh, it all now? Like oh, what's happening this season? Is there any different changes? Or? No, I think there's going to be a new tire introduced through the year, uh, just a different compound construction, but yeah. no. Supercars are doing similar, that's why I asked. Yeah, always, yeah. always something being tweaked. I yeah. think balance of performance always shifts, but I don't, I don't know how much. What do you think about Fabian Coulthard coming? Oh yeah, in? I saw that today. Yeah, yeah. Uh, look, I mean, join the queue. You know? yeah. <laughs> join the queue, mate. Yeah, whatever. Just another supercar boy. Yeah, I mean, you know, like it doesn't bother me. Come one, come all. Like they yeah. just honestly, at the end of the day, just it's just a name on the door. It yeah. Doesn't bother me. If he's quicker, he'll go by. If I'm quicker, I'll go by. It's very cool to have profile guys like himself, like. Chaz, Moff, Bargs. Yeah. Um, very cool to have them on board because mm. it validates us, yep. the, the lesser known guys. But in terms of actually driving against them, it's just the dude on the yep. road. Yeah. If you got hit up to race a supercar, would you do it? Oh, of course. I mean, yep. I, I'd drive anything. Yep. I, I don't have reservations. But, I'm not locked into only driving a, a TCR car. Yep. My focus is very much TCR. That's all I have intentions of doing 
Yeah. So you want to um, race in the World Championships and TCR? I'd love to go and do WTCR. That was Even if it's around or whatever, you know, I, I'd love to go over there and just see where I stack up. Because the competition level here is extremely high. Yeah. There's just less of us. Yeah. So and that's, that's, that's Australian racing in general, I think. Totally. Racing. Yeah. 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 I mean, like, like your Joey's, mm. um, your Pierce's as well, who you mentioned yeah. earlier, they're world-class. So they're not undefeated out here. No. So if guys are beating them and those guys are being beaten by other guys, there's a lot of good, good operators out here, guys and girls. Yeah. So, um, is Barry, is Barry in close talks with keeping you and Nathan on the radar for the Hyundai's overseas or? Yeah. He really wants to send, he wants to send someone over. Yeah. Um, so that'd be the goal for him for like producer. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think so. Obviously my connection with the brand out here as well, like mm. they'd love me to do something over there as well, but it would never be a full-time thing. I, I, I don't think it would be something like a Dylan O'Keefe did go and do a round or two maybe, but yeah, it'd be amazing to go and go and do it. Yeah. yeah. So you're not really interested. That's, that's interesting because a lot of people, you know, when I spoke to Joey in the podcast, he wants to go the supercars route, yep. but you want to stay on the TCR route and keep that as a solid career and be like a you know, an ambassador slash paid by Hyundai. I guess so. I mean, if going. they do the right thing, an ARG really are doing everything they can. If they do the right thing, then there's no limit on how far the category can go. Obviously, supercars is established, and regardless of what anyone says, it's not going anywhere. Yeah. Like people every year are calling for the demise of supercars. I mean, it's been happening since yeah. 1990. It's so not going to happen. You can look on the Speed Cafe comments. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, oh, these are <laughs> shit. Taxis are rubbish. Like, just yeah. get it. Like, it's not going anywhere. So, you know, I don't think TCR and supercar compete. But they own essentially race. Don't they own both now? They do now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do with all of that, there's too much investment out here to get rid of TCR now. It's established. So mm. I certainly enjoy watching it. So. Yeah, it's good racing. You mm. know, like you go out there, the cars aren't ridiculously fast that mm. you can't follow and touch each other up. And, mm. you know, so it is good racing. Definitely crazy when I'm out there. So I, I can't imagine what it's yeah. like. What do you think? What do you think about the deal that with it going to Stan Sport now? I've literally got to buy their subscription to, to watch. Yeah, you yeah. Well, luckily I don't have to because I'm going to be there. You're going to be there. You're right. I think well, I think Lauren might have to at home to watch me. But um, yeah. yeah. Look again, if it's done well and and properly, the sort of options are limitless for where it can go. I mean, everything's on Stan now. It seems so. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how they go about it, what team they put on, what the production is and all the rest of that. Because at the end of the day, the racing can be amazing, but if mm. it's not good to watch, people aren't going to watch it yeah. if the in-between isn't good. So yeah, I got confidence they'll do the right thing. The right, there's very intelligent people, far more intelligent people than, than us making yeah, decisions yeah. for tens of millions of dollars. So um, it's, it's in their <laughs> interest to get... boys talking shit on the That's podcast. right. It's in their interest to get it right. So I'm, I'm sure they will. Another question. Have you got any advice for any other racers who hardly have a budget to, to get where you are? Like what's, what would you, what would, what, if you gave advice to a random kid in a, in a midget cart right now or whatever yeah. they're called, because the karting's changed yeah, so yeah, much. Cadet, yeah, cadet threes. Yeah, the cadet threes. What would you, what advice would you give a kid like to, you know, to get to where he wants to be. Just every, do it. Every do, it do it for the right reasons. Don't do it to think you're going to make a career out of it. Do it yeah. for you. Yeah. The amount of times I competed in races and the guys who are finishing second to me mm. are worried about, you know, are they watching this race? Is mm. someone going to do something because of what I do here today? Mm. Dude, you're 15. Yeah. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> like, just enjoy yourself. Yeah. You'll go so much better. Yeah. So you, you kind of play your own mind game to yourself yeah. to take the fear of failure and the pressure to perform away. Mm. That's what I did. And I still don't, I don't think five years in the future, 
got to do this. I got to do that. Honestly, if it ended tomorrow, I'd be amazed with what I've done. Yeah. So what would you do if if you like, if you got that career taken away from you, what would you be doing? Probably just still be doing my driving work, drive my road cars. I'd, you know, be a car salesman. Probably not. (laughs) I I, I can't lie to people. (laughs) So yeah, I, I'd, I'd probably buy a little race car and do something, but yeah, you do club uh, racing essentially. Yeah, possibly, possibly. Would you work with Paul? Like, would you, would, would Paul actually give you a chance to work with him or not? Oh, or is I, he more, I, could, or is I couldn't he more... dedicate the time to work yeah. on the tools. I mean, I'm useless on the tools. I, I got a ring spanner stuck in my finger last time I picked one yeah. up. So there's no point me picking up a spanner, but I, I, I'm lucky in that respect. Paul would always let me drive his cars. Yeah. So yeah, I've, I've been very lucky to do what I've done and, and, and I'm always happy with what I've done. So anything from here on uh, is, is a total bonus. What's your favorite race cars you've driven and your favorite top three race cars you've ever driven and top three race tracks? Race cars would be Formula 3 car, just for the sheer brutality and speed. Uh, second would be the Kent car, mm-hmm. for how amazing it is. And I have to say the TCR car as well, because yep. it's, a, it's a world touring car. Yep. I mean, how cool is that? Tracks would be SMP, uh, the Bend, that's pretty mega. Um, and I actually really like Barbagello, WA. Yeah, right. So a bit yep. of a left field one. Really yep. cool circuit. What's your preparation going into the first race of the season? I'll just be a typical journo here yeah. and say what's... Oh, your... mate, just bouncing rubber and lifting iron. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just, yeah, yeah. yeah. Getting, uh, just trying to pretend to be a race car driver and yeah. go to the gym. Have you done any test out. days leading up to this? Or We've done just one. Gonna... Yeah, okay. We've done one. So yeah. basically a bolt check. Yeah. You know, the cars were torn apart, put them back together. It was just a bolt check day. So nothing too spectacular. We have a media day on the... Thursday before Friday practice. So that'll be, I guess, our first real hard run. Well, Josh, that is the actual end. That is the end. That's the end. I promise promise that's the end of the podcast. Okay, good. (laughs) No, thanks for uh, for having me, man. I won't hold you up any longer, but um, yeah, man. I probably got a parking ticket outside. I think I was in the one hour. (laughs) It's all right. You can build that on me then. (laughs) Oh, I'll hold you to that. All right, Josh. Cheers for coming on the podcast. Thanks, dude. If you enjoyed this podcast with Josh, make sure you give us a five-star review wherever you're listening to this podcast. This episode was brought to you by Bowden's Own Premium Car Care. You can find all their car care supplies in retailers such as Repco, Super Cheap Auto, and if you're a member of Shannon's Insurance, you can find their products on the Shannon's Insurance website. Other information about Bowden's Own is in the show notes.